Welcome to StarCast, the official podcast of Star Ranch, the friendliest little nudist club in Texas. Here, you'll learn all about Star Ranch and family-oriented nude recreation. Now, here's your host. Hello, this is Mark, your host of StarCast, the official podcast of Star Ranch in McDade, Texas. We're about 30 miles east of Austin. Uh, This is our podcast that we try to talk to the world about Star Ranch and and uh, kind of fill in some of the questions people may have. I am sitting this morning with Paul O. is a longtime Star Ranch member. Paul, thank you for visiting with me today. My pleasure. Um, so, when did you uh, when did you first come to to Star Ranch? I started coming to Star Ranch. I know it was before the year two thousand because that's my oldest membership card. I was uh, dating Jeannie at the time, and I'd always been interested in or fascinated with the nudist lifestyle. Was this your first experience? or had you? Yes, no. Star Ranch was my first ever experience. Jeannie and I had been doing some research and found it online and thought that where we were living at the time it was reasonably close, and it seemed like a good place to try, so... She dragged me kicking and screaming, so to speak, for our first visit here because I was scared to death. Really? Yes. I was not worried about Jeannie. I was not worried about kids. I was not worried about what women would think. I was afraid for me. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be out in the woods with a bunch of naked people. Wait a minute. I don't feel safe. Even though I had been naked in the woods we would go camping out in the wilderness and get undressed for the weekend and love it but something about other people being around scared me to death mm. so how, how did you research it in you know 20 years ago how did you or year 2000 it, how did that we found it online okay. e- even back then there was the interweb and uh, looked up and, and it took a while because if you just do a search for nude or you do a search for naked, then your computer blows up yeah. with stuff you don't want to yeah. look at. Yeah, pornography yeah. and things of that nature. Yeah. But eventually we were able to find a couple of what seemed like honest places, and they were associated with people like AANR, which I thought lent some legitimacy, and just one day took a deep breath and said, well, we're going to go try it and see what happens. Got to the cabin, got unpacked where we had rented one, and I was still scared to death. (laughs) I remember walking from cabin five towards the pool. Beautiful summer afternoon, and I looked at Jeannie. I said, "Uh, don't look at me. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. And by the time we got to the pool, I felt so relaxed and so at home. I felt like I was where I belonged, and I've been in love with this place ever since. You know, that's a that's a very common uh, reaction that I hear from people is that a lot of a lot of hesitation, a lot of nervousness. You know, if if we don't think of ourselves as a as a perfect ten based on society's interpretation, then you know maybe maybe people are going to laugh at me, or people are not going to appreciate me, or they're you know they're not going to befriend me, and then they stick their toe in the water, and and they realize that it's, it's nothing like that at all. I was raised in a very conservative Catholic family. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> very conservative. 
uh, which I think is part of the reason I was afraid because I knew for sure it was a sin and God was going to strike me down with lightning before I could get to the pool. Spent a lot of time in the confessional afterwards. <laughs> well, <laughs> I probably should have, but somehow I, I missed that part. But it, I do realize looking back that it did a world of good for my self-image. Before I became a practicing social nudist, my self-image was zilch Mm -hmm. in in the toilet. And after a very short time, I realized that I'm just like everybody else. Absolutely. And everybody else, by golly, they're just like me. Yeah. So may as well get relaxed and enjoy it. So it started off with a visit. Then uh, I assume you started coming routinely. We started coming routinely when we got our membership. We were so in love with this place that I started taking as many weekends I did not have to work. We would drive out here on Friday evening and wait till Sunday evening to go home. Holidays, we'd come out here. How far away was home at this point? Hour and a half in Rosenberg, Texas, just southwest of Houston. But on a good day, it'd be an hour and a half drive, which by Texas standards is nothing. And we wound up every every week of vacation I would get, we'd schedule it out here. Mm -hmm. I just would rather be here than anywhere else, which led up when we retired to moving out here and living full time on on the grounds, Mm -hmm. which had been a longtime fantasy of mine that I was able to fulfill. To live here full-time, help out part-time with maintenance, get to know everybody, get to know more sand traps than I cared for, but <laughs> you learn how to deal with it. So like like most of us, when uh, when you join the Star Ranch team, you know, they hit you up to volunteer. So tell me about some of your volunteer efforts. We liked, we enjoyed volunteering little ways, weekly potlucks, mm-hmm. helping with maintenance work helping with the office if they'd let us. Myself, it was mostly riding a lawnmower mm-hmm. all day long mm-hmm. in the sun and the heat, but it was fun. They they taught me how to drive a tractor. That's a blast. Mm-hmm. If they will, I mean, I, as far as I was concerned, I was paying them to let me help. <laughs> I was having so much fun. And there's a, there's a wonderful volunteer spirit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, stories about every structure you look at here was hand-built by volunteer member help, Mm -hmm. with a singular exception, at least at the time, of the tennis court. Everything else you looked at, the people got together and pitched in their own time and talent and efforts and made it happen. And it's just an integral part of the lifestyle to me. So tell me about your... your, uh your volunteerism on the on the uh, council. I was approached to be on the council back before the council was elected. It was the only way to be on council was to be appointed by the existing council, and an appointment for council at that time was a, an appointment for life. The only way to get off the council was to die or resign. And just let me give our audience a little little uh, history here. The council, we talk about the council at Star Ranch. Um, that's a group of, of people that are in charge of the membership. Uh, they approve all membership applications. They schedule all social events. 
things of that nature. So go, go ahead, Paul. I didn't mean to you know, and, and, and that's exactly right. The, the governance out here are, are two distinct bodies, independent. The council, which is responsible essentially for the people, and then there's the board of directors, and they handle what I call the money side the, of the house. The fiduciary. Yeah, yeah they're, they're responsible for the grounds and, and for the money and anything that'll get you in trouble, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is why I didn't go for that. But, but I was happy to step up, and I enjoyed everything from interviewing potential members. You know, why do you want to be a nudist? To asking people not to come back because they learn real fast that we don't appreciate inappropriate behavior, which was something I latched onto from my initial fear. I'm thinking, well, not everyone has to be afraid of being naked in front of everybody else. Maybe I can help them get used to it and help them feel protected, Mm -hmm. which is part of what I love about this place is everyone feels and should feel protected Mm -hmm. while they're here. There's a safety to it. Absolutely. That I don't think you can find in the textile world. Yeah. I I often tell people that we sell, um, we're we're in the hospitality business, and specifically we sell rest and relaxation. Well, if if you're so nervous that, uh, you know, that you can't get comfortable, then uh, we've got some problems. We we need to make sure that we we provide our customers with an atmosphere that allows them to relax and, and recharge their battery, so to speak. Right. I look at it kind of like uh, coming home to family. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone dreads Thanksgiving dinner every year because, oh, God, I've got to put up with Uncle Joe and Cousin Dave and, and that brother we don't talk about. <laughs> but there's also something comforting about going home. Sure. And I feel that every time I, I come through the gates out here now, especially now as as not as a non-resident is I feel the world coming off my shoulders and rolling off my back as I come through the gate. Yeah. I feel the same the same experience when I drive through the gate. Whatever yeah. problems are, are, are affecting me on the outside world kind of at least put they're put on pause while I'm here. I have started realizing when I see that gate coming towards me I, I remember an illustration from an old book called The Secret Garden. And this is my secret garden. Well, well said. So our audience is aware, Paul is somewhat of a celebrity. Uh, he has one of our, our sporting courts uh, named after him. Uh, why don't you tell us about how that came about? That was not my idea. Well, your name's I, on it. So. I know my name's on it, but at least they spelled it correctly. Uh, no, I, we were invited down to the, by the pool one afternoon for a reception I did not know was being held for Jeannie and I. And it still amazes me that they named the damn baton court after us. I'm not going to tell them to take sign down. I'll, I'll, I'll start out with that. It suits me and my ego just fine. So were you involved in the construction of the court, or how, how did... Galen and Carrie had those courts built just as we started coming out. We used to play petanque out on the, on the roads because there was no court. I came back one time, and he'd had the things built. 
which amazed me, but that's just sort of the guy he was. And I sort of inherited it from him. They weren't here much longer after we started coming. And I inherited, I had fallen so much in love with the game that I... So you were, I, you were the Patonk I, Wizard. That's I, well, I, I took over scheduling tournaments and running tournaments and handing out towels for tournaments, and which sort of cut in on my towel winning time but <laughs> but that's all right i had plenty of towels as it was and i just enjoyed spending my day watching people have fun teaching them how to play patonk teaching them how to talk smack to each other <laughs> um, and and watching these grown-up kids enjoying a game they'd never seen before out in the woods, in the sunshine, and the air, and just having the time of their life, that that made it worthwhile. We've talked about the game of Patonk. Why don't you kind of give us a thumbnail description of what Patonk is for our audience in case they want to rotate? From what I understand, it's very similar to bocce, which is an Italian version. Uh, and there are other similar games where you, you, we have a limited court here of crushed limestone so when the weather's dry it's like playing on linoleum and when it's wet it's like playing on the beach but that's all right that's part of the challenge but you start out by throwing one small target ball out onto the court and then you take turns with your opponents trying to get your larger patonk ball uh, as close to that target ball as you can, sort of like movable horseshoes or washers. If you can imagine a, a washer court where the cup is always being moved around, which adds to the challenge. Essentially, that's it. You try to get your ball closer to the little target ball than what the other team. If, what happens if I hit the target ball? If you can hit the target ball, that's allowable. And that moves it, and that can be part of your strategy. The only problem on our court, or the exception, is if the little target ball hits the wood frame around it, then it's considered dead. And you have to pick everything up, move to the other end, start over again. No one scores any points, but you eventually learn that as a strategy. Also, when you realize your opponent is about to get five points to your nothing, you can hit that little target ball, knock it into the wood, and oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, we have to start over and you don't get any of your points. (laughs) Sounds like a good defensive maneuver. And it is. And it's also another opportunity to talk trash, which is (laughs) half the fun in Patonk. So um, you were, you've obviously been a member here for a very long time, but uh, recently you uh, you haven't been out at Star Ranch, right? You just came back in the last what six six eight months, maybe. Well, if if that much, um, about three years ago, we had to leave. As I said, we were permanent residents at the time, and we had some health issues that required us to move and seek out. Uh, an assisted living facility mm-hmm. for our own sake. We've been gone about three years. Got better. Thought we got better. This past September, Jeannie passed away unexpectedly. And since that time, I've been sitting in my my little apartment back in town and realizing that all I was doing was watching the paint dry that it already dried before I moved in, so that's not real exciting. And 
didn't know anybody or have much to do and started coming back to the ranch on occasion. And those occasions get more and more frequently. I started hooking up with the people that I was missing. And there's a lot of people out here that you you get to miss pretty quickly because they're a great group of people. Sure. So I've I've started coming back more frequently. I'm I'm looking at getting my own cabin out here now, and and plan on making this a, another long-term investment for me. It it's a lifestyle that I've grown proud of. That I have learned is very good for me, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Can't beat it. Well, I, I just want to say from, from my personal standpoint, it, it's comforting to have you here, uh, your guidance and your counsel, your wisdom, uh, your years of, of uh, uh, experience here at Star Rancher invaluable. And, and just as a, as a friend, I'm, 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 I'm pleased to call you a, a Star Ranch uh, member and, uh, and uh, an integral part to the team here. Well, it's, it's my pleasure to be a part of this family. I take a great deal of pride in this family, and I hope we're good for each other for a long time to come. Join us again for our next StarCast and learn all about Star Ranch and family-friendly nude recreation. Ready for your first visit to Star Ranch? Come out for the day or spend the weekend. Cabins and RV sites with full hookups are available. Tent camping, too. Relax in one of our two pools or in the hot tub. There's always fun to be had at the ranch. Dances, potlucks, washers, tennis, pickleball, volleyball, and so much more. For a full list of activities and to plan your visit, go to StarRanch.net. Star Ranch was established in 1957 and is open year-round. Conveniently located just off Highway 290 at McDade, Texas, between Austin and Houston. Star Ranch, the friendliest little nudist club in Texas. A proud member of the American Association for Nude Recreation. Hope to see you soon at Star Ranch.